Well, hello there. It's another weekend update. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. Happy weekend to you. And uh, I uh, hope you got big plans for uh, the wife and, uh, you know, uh, mom and stuff like that. Because it's, uh, uh, Mother's Day. Yeah, Mother's, Mother's Day, Day yeah. weekend. Yeah, you know, and we got the mother of all presidents in the White House. Imagine that. <laughs> yeah. How appropriate. Well, that's it, folks. Have a very nice day. No, yeah, That's our show. We've done it all yeah. right there. Yep. Hey, uh, before we go on, I thought this was interesting. Uh, my cohort in crime here says, uh, hi, you thinking about uh, going to the sanctuary uh, city in Russia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell us about it. Well, I mean, uh, they're building, uh, and it's not going to. Uh-huh. Apparently, they, they've got the plans, and they're going to start it next year. They're going to build a, a village or a city around the Moscow region that will take disgruntled uh, expatriates. Disenfranchised. 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 That's a nice. I like that. Disenfranchised Americans. So if you are a patriot, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, you love and fear God, mm-hmm. then you're going to be welcome to this sanctuary city. What, to if, I, be- what, what if I'm woke? What if I'm like, uh, I'm into uh, this whole uh, free love, uh, I don't know which gender I am kind of thing? What, do you, what about that? They don't get to go to this village. I think they will do another <laughs> village for them. It's going to be called Wokeville, really? where everybody, you know, actually, uh, I'm thinking about the one for the transgenders and the, the Mulvaney's. As a matter of fact, Mulvaney would get to be the the captain of that team, or at least the mayor, the, the mayor of the village yes. of, of wokeness and transgenderism uh-huh. and uh, the LGBTQ society, not to make fun of you guys. But the theory is, of course, from the Moscow people that I know, mm-hmm. uh, is that uh, you uh, won't be able to procreate and you'll just, uh, you know, fade away uh, after a yeah, while, fade away. Yeah. And uh, yeah, no, there you no, go. but you are serious. You are being serious, but no, serious about this, the other. Yeah, this is an actual proposal. Russia has agreed to already. Oh well, I sent you the story. Well, I'll, now, I'll did it come from a legit? It came from a legitimate source, did let it me, not? Let me read it from <laughs> my sweaty little palms here. Plans are in place to build a village in the Moscow region for conservative Americans and Canadians, according to a Russian state media outlet. The Kremlin-backed RIA Novosti news news agency on Thursday reported on the community that caters to expatriates with traditional values, writing that construction is expected to begin next year. This was reported in Newsweek.com. That's Newsweek, the magazine, Newsweek.com. So he's not kidding, folks. In Russia, they've said, wait a second, there are a lot of people over in America who uh, aren't woke, who have values, are being discarded by their own government, their own their own people. Maybe we can welcome them here and show them that we're not as bad as uh, as they've been told. Yeah, you know they're they're gonna invite people that can maybe change the trajectory of Russia. Mm-hmm. You know, now one of the things is you know we say oh we're we're they're being crippled financially. There's money over there. There is money there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they look at what Trump, they try to get Trump to go over and Trump's going, no. Um, and they've tried to lure politicians over and they're going, no, but they do see the efforts that came forward in the previous administration. You know, we're bragging about all our military might that might didn't just come out of nowhere. It was, you know, it was developed and sought after and it was, 
you know, nurtured by people that know how to nurture it. And they happen to be the non-woke, conservative, Judeo-Christian type people. Mm-hmm. And Russia's going, oh, we, we want that piece of pie. In the meantime, so, in the United States, as we speak, da, 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 da. on the southern border, it's a race to get across. I have to tell you, I've watched a lot of video of these illegal immigrants coming across, and uh, the the males are generally military age, and it seems like many of them have an anti-American attitude. They, Amazing. It's, they don't like us, but they're coming to take our stuff. If you look at a picture, there's a picture, and you probably have seen it, of one of the bridges, and it's just Filled with people. It's just oh yeah, they're just coming people. right across, and they're carrying flags from the country they're coming from. It's like they're an invading army, and they've got their country's flag, and it ain't ours. Yeah, let me tell you what's going to happen with that. They're going to drive around. They're going to get cars. They're going to walk around carrying their flags. They're going to drive around with it. It's going to, uh, I'll just say it, piss off many. Mm-hmm patriotic Americans, and they're going to start flying their American flag. And then you watch, you watch when that happens. That is going to be considered um, insightful, hateful insightful. on our part. And yeah. so you're going to have to put away your American flag. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, Not going to be allowed to fly it. It'll be. It'll come down off. And the day it comes down off of federal buildings, that is the day that I, I hate to say it, that is the day that you, you, you can say your government threw in the towel and you don't have a government anymore, so do what you got to do. Well, we're in a sorry situation right now. Let me uh, let me continue on. Stephen Miller, who was mm-hmm. a um, an aide to President Trump, a smart guy. Um, he's the head of American First Legal, I believe, and mm-hmm. he, he and the the state of Texas filed an emergency legal action yesterday. Here's Miller explaining. Stephen Miller here, president of America First Legal. We just filed an emergency lawsuit with the courageous Ken Paxton on behalf of Texas and a coalition of states to shut down Biden's plan to flood America with illegal aliens by the millions after his termination of Title 42. Visit AFLegal.org to find out more about our emergency legal action in this dire, dire hour for the United States of America. It, it is so sad. It is, it's sad to watch what's happening. I told Bill, I'm having a hard time sleeping. And when I sleep, I'm actually thinking about what's happening to our country. Does that make sense? I mean, mm-hmm. it's, not, it's not a restful sleep because I think it's because I feel so helpless as a normal, average, everyday American. I feel, A, that the government was stolen from me by an illegal election and ever since day one of this guy's administration, he has done nothing but destroy our country. Not a darn thing mm-hmm. he's done has been to the betterment of our society. Not a thing. And, and, mm-hmm. I, and I look at the border now, and Bill, it is, it is ridiculous. These poor Border Patrol people. i got to read you another story. All right. If you don't, I'm just going to say while you're uh, you're getting up that story, you know, you, you, mm-hmm. your sleeplessness. Uh, I had the same problem. And that's true. You know that. And then I went through a little uh, yeah. little illness here a few weeks ago, and it actually got pretty ser- serious. And it was from 
anxiety and lack of sleep and depression, and it all came from the news. Um, and here's the joke, the swing and the pitch, or yeah. the pitch and the swing. Uh, I, I, I was introduced to a, a new sleeping aid. Uh, yeah, it's uh, called mallet rest. You just uh, take it by your bedside and hammer yourself in the head and knock yourself out. It's called you know? a hammer where I come from. <laughs> well, mallet hammer, you know, yeah. it's, it depends on how, you know, how big the headache is yeah. <laughs> to knock your butt out. But, you know, yeah. you might need to do that because I don't know there's any drug on the planet that can sit there and uh, take away what's going on in the world today. No. Um, Texas GOP Governor Greg Abbott uh, says his state is stepping up to fill in the gap at the U.S.-Mexico border created by the Biden administration. He said the Biden administration is actually pulling Border Patrol agents off the line, pulling them off the line. National report uh, shows that, uh, and they you can see this, they got video of them being taken away, the, the agents being moved from important locations. Uh, he said Texas is stepping up to fill in the gap Thank you to the Texas Department of Public Safety uh, and the Texas National Guard. Uh, Texas has apprehended more than 373,000 illegal immigrants and made more than 28,000 criminal arrests since it launched Operation Lone Star. Okay, think about that for a second, folks. 28,000 criminal arrests. These Mm -hmm. are criminals that are coming into our country. You've heard President Trump, I'm sure, say, that the countries are emptying out their prisons into our country and their mental institutions, too. That's, that's why when you see some of these videos of some of these people coming across the border, there's an, uh, not all of them, but on some of them, there's an arrogance and a surliness that reflects what they really think of us. So uh, we're not being... We're not being flooded by a bunch of people who want to be Americans. We're being flooded by a bunch of people who want to take over America. They want your stuff. You know, it's almost like a scene from uh, an old movie. One of my favorites had uh, uh, Charles Bronson and several people in it, the, the Dirty Dozen, where they needed a hit squad. So they went into the prisons and got the baddest of all the bad and sat there and said, okay, here's the deal. You you do this job for us, and your record is wiped out, you know, if you survive. You know, well, it's almost like we're we're going you know, we're going into those prisons and institutions, going, yeah, come to America. You can have everything you want, do whatever you want. Here's what you gotta do. And I say it's a planned agenda. And you know what makes me also believe it's planned? The stupid story that I saw yesterday, and I have heard it before that all of these people coming across, everybody that crosses, each one of them gets a brand new phone. Oh, it's for tracking them. I know. Okay. <laughs> but how did you know that you were going to need millions of phones and you've got millions of phones oh, sure. activated and ready to go? I wish I would have known the company or knew the company that's providing these phones in the service because I sure as hell would have bought some <laughs> stock in it because there's a million new plus customers that are coming in right away that the government or you and you're these, paying for it. These people aren't stupid. After a while, they'll go to a place. They'll find a place where they want to go. They'll uh, they'll steal Step a phone. The phone. They'll steal a phone and they'll toss it. The phone that was given to them at the border, they'll throw it on the back of a Greyhound bus. You know, 
Or, or the news story will come out, well, you know, we had a faulty chip in those phones. The tracker doesn't work. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I love what President Trump said, though. I don't know if you heard it. He said, look at it. When I'm, when I'm elected president, we're going to have the largest uh, roundup of illegal immigrants uh, since uh, Dwight David Eisenhower. Dwight David Eisenhower, who was uh, a wonderful president, uh, very underrated at the time. Uh, he was a great a five-star general, the supreme commander of all armed forces in Europe. He was the guy who uh, really kind of helped win the war big time in yep. World War II. But uh, he had a problem at the border. They were coming across pretty steadily. So he didn't just uh, stand there and let it happen like Joe Biden is doing. Joe Biden, of course, uh, he's spending the weekend in Delaware right now uh, having oh, ice cream and ignoring the news stories because he's useless as a, a memory glands on a bull. But um, anyway, he uh, I, I, I lost my train of thought for a second, but Corrine Jean-Pierre yesterday was asked about the border. I want you to hear her answer. She's speaking officially uh, for the administration. On the ruling in Florida last night um, against these releases and the um, Biden administration's statement in that legal filing that 45,000 individuals are going to be in custody by the end of this month if we're not able to go forward with this process of releases, what's the backup plan now? So let me just say on the ruling uh, that you just uh, you just laid out to me. Um, so look, the way we see that, it's sabotage. It's pure and, and simple. That's how that uh, reads to us. The claims that CB CBP is allowing or encouraging mass uh, release of migrants uh, and is just categorically false. That is not what's occurring. That is not what's happening. Uh, and it is, a, it is a harmful ruling. And the Department of Justice is going to fight it. That's what we're going to see. And we're going to continue to use every tool that we have uh, to make sure that we are dealing with this issue in a humane and orderly way. And uh, and so just last night, ICE announced that it is adding thousands uh, more beds. Uh, but look, Republican elected officials continue to play uh, games here. They continue to have political stunts and they don't want to solve this problem. They want to use it uh, again as a, as a campaign tool for them. And so what we want to make sure is deal with this challenging circumstances. That's what we have done since day one of this administration. The Joseph Goebbels of the Biden administration, uh, that's Corrine Jean-Pierre, mm -hmm. uh, she is uh, she's never afraid to stare at the camera and to openly and clearly and as articulately as she can lie to the world. I mean, uh, she has the audacity to say that it's, it's not happening at the border. It's uh, a bunch of uh, games being played by the opposition. Uh, there's nothing to see here. Just keep moving on. What a what an amazing uh, liar. I don't know. She must need the money or something. I can't imagine anybody who had any morals or any standards taking that job and doing what she's doing when all she has to do is look at the damn TV set, or look at the Internet, and see the video of what's going on. Well, what does that say about society in general where what's going on, anybody with common sense, well, number one, a leader would not allow this to happen, and the voting public would not accept it, and the news media would be all over it saying, man, this really is rotten eggs. But no, they're all claim, you know, clamoring together going, oh, this is great. Oh, yeah, this is great. And you guys, and they'll, they'll label us as radicals. 
Oh, you know, I know. That, that's their favorite word now. You know, if you're a pro-lifer. Oh, yeah. Well, you're a radical person. You're a radical pro-life person. Oh, sure. You know, or you're a radical, a radical uh, Catholic. Yeah. They, they, yeah, right yeah. now, they. I just was reading this morning that uh, Christopher Ray and the Justice Department are calling certain traditional Catholics radicals, radical mm-hmm. Catholics, radical Catholics. It, it's an oxymoron. It doesn't make any sense. Radical Catholics. Catholicism has been around for 2,000 years, okay? It's been around for 2,000 years. Uh, Radical Catholics uh, in this day and age? No, no. There there are people who have a strong faith, who believe that uh, abortion is wrong, things like that. But, you know, by just believing that abortion is wrong, in the eyes of this government, makes you a radical. Yeah. You know? Uh, and you know what? Your your everything you've you do or you have done has been recorded somewhere, and uh, most likely it came through either your computer or through your smart device. You need to you need to Clintonize it, Hillary Clintonize it, and basically bleach the phone, yeah, and wipe it clean because even if you think you've deleted stuff, and you know we've all done a what what what's that? It could be innocent. There's a news story about something, so you look it up. Sure. But now you have a history of looking up something. That absolutely. So, You're absolutely so, so, correct, Bill. You were 100% yeah. on the money. It, you, you, it's hard to believe that that's the case in this country right now. But if you do something innocently, like, uh, let's see, uh, I'm going to look up that, and it becomes part of your record. Yeah, because, okay, you know, I, and I did it on a podcast while we were talking Marjorie Taylor Greene talked right. about um, Hunter Biden and his whatever the, the website was, porn account. And I said, well, let's check. And I confirmed it live on the podcast. Right. Well, that means I've got it now on my search engine. And even sure. though I've erased it somewhere, and it, it was actually, you know, just verified in my mind watching the season finale of Rabbit Hole because they talked about, you know, this this rich oligarch type person sure. that wanted to sit there, take down the world. And I've seen it before in another show where the AIs, the cameras, your phones, everything yeah. attracts you because, you know, it has everything and all the data got released to certain companies of the world and then they could sit there and use it to manipulate, control you. And that's why the people committed suicide in that. But I'm like going, wait a minute, you know, I'm, I know this and it's really Odd that I never sat there and focused on it before, but what they're saying could be is not a could be. It is. Oh, it is. is. Oh, absolutely. It absolutely is happening right now. Sure. And so why do you think that people are, you know, all of a sudden, I'm going to get them and I'm going to put the subpoenas out and we're going to prosecute them. Well, the next day, you know, I've had second thoughts. I don't know that we're going to do that. And then, you know, you have, like in Trump's case, you know, Stormy Daniels. She's gone after him time and time again, and every time she's lost. Now, you look at E. Jean Carroll, she didn't win on the rape thing, but she was going, well, he called me a name. You know, that's, that's inflammatory. I'm going to sue him for that, and that's what she won the award for. You know, that was what it was, and he's appealing uh, it. The good news is Trump filed an appeal I yeah. think on Friday, and yeah. uh, he said, we're not going to stand for this. This is all a lot of nonsense. 
hopefully he'll get a change of venue and not be in New York City. But now E. Jean Carroll's attorney is going, oh, he did that town hall. And so what he said, you know, was defamatory there. And because CNN made the mistake of putting him on, that's what they're calling it. They're going to what, sue that CNN he, too? They're suing CNN <laughs> and him for defamation. So in other words, look, this is all a hey, planned agenda. You've heard and the as expression. soon as he gets past this. You've heard the expression, you can sue a ham sandwich. Okay. Anybody can sue anybody for about for anything. It, yeah. It's not a matter. But see, in our society today, when you sue somebody, automatically, oh, then he must be guilty. He's being sued, so he must be guilty. There's a jump to judgment in our society automatically. You know, people think, well, Trump is being sued for defamation, so he must have defamed her. No, no, no. She's she's not being honest with uh, with a lot of people right now. That's my opinion. Well, they keep presenting the same lie over and over and over again. And even though they lose the case, they come back with a narrative of how they really won the case. And, oh, by the way, we're going to get them again. And they're going to keep going because that story is, let's say that you're a football team. you got four tries to get your football across the goal, mm -hmm. you know. Well, unfortunately, they own the referee, and so the referee's going, no, okay, this is 28th in goal. You know, it's your 28th down here, Democrats. When are you going to get it? You know, you get to do the same. You would yeah. think the same play over and over and over again would work, and, you know, my contention is they keep doing this. It will work. Well, you know, but right now it's a distraction from the election. I, I think that uh, they've got the wrong guy. If you watched Trump at the town hall the other night, then – you could see that uh, they're dealing with the wrong guy. CNN thought that they were going to uh, make him look foolish, you know, ruin his image, uh, mm -hmm. to, to make him do something that was going to collapse his candidacy. Nah, not, well, not Caitlin this. Caitlin Collins, not, she thought that, uh, go ahead. All I was going to say was that, uh, uh, they, if anything, he came out stronger. And, uh, you know, at the very end of the program, I thought that uh, Anderson Cooper was going to cry, and uh, uh, Jake Tapper, he, when, as soon as he said, he, right after the thing was over, he said, well, his first lie was, I just clicked it off, and you know, I swear to God, I could hear clicks all around the country at the same time, like, enough of this nonsense, boom. So, Well, uh, they're saying everything he said or did, even the document he produced out of his, his uh, coat pocket... Oh, it was all a lie. It was all a lie. You know, okay, tell me how it was a lie. Or is the lie really you calling it a lie? Let's be honest here, but you know what? They they keep throwing the same thing, and we uh, as a whole, I'm not saying me, but I'm saying we as a general populace as a whole, we don't investigate it ourselves. So we take everything at face value. I got to wonder why the news media is so uh, so behind these stories. What do they have on you? What do they have on you? Because now some people have jumped off the ship saying, I'm not going to do this, and then they're ostracized. They're, they're, they're made fun of, and, you know, they'll throw labels at them. So, you know, maybe that's the thing. We've got this on you. You don't go with our narrative. It's not going to be good for you. 
I uh, am looking right now as we speak. There was a, I was watching this uh, program. Maybe if you have something you want to add while I'm looking. The the Fed just oh. raised the rates. <laughs> yes, go ahead. Yeah, they just raised the rates, and but they said, you know, it's not really working to curb inflation. Probably not going to raise any more rates. Well, don't bat an eye on that because guess what? In June, they're getting set to jack up the rates again. So if you're in the in the market to buy, which mm-hmm. I don't understand why the house prices are going up, the rates are going up. Now, the only thing that's changing in all of this is investors that know of a, a, a good thing when they see it. If they got cash, they're making phone calls right now. And they're calling up anybody that owns a property, especially a rental property. Mm-hmm. And they're going, okay, they're hoping that you're scared and desperate. Because then they'll say, we'll buy, it, we'll buy it cash. We'll buy it right now. And yeah, they may buy it and the value goes down on the short run. But in the long run, somewhere the economy turns around, mm-hmm. it will go back up to the value that they bought it at and beyond and, and beyond nice, what it was worth the, yeah. when you got it right now. So they're going to gobble it up. And some of these investors... Gee, are the people that are controlling everything. They're, they're, they're waiting for Trump to get back into office so the economy bounces back and they'll make an, an enormous profit. Um, yeah. But I, want, I found that piece of audio I want to play for All you. Right. Now, Let's I don't know whether this is a legitimate piece of audio or whether somebody doctored it. I did not see uh, this being said after the Trump after the Trump um, town hall. But this is supposedly... Anderson Cooper, maybe maybe it was Anderson Cooper on the private feed, you know, like they were before they actually went live, right? But he, somebody found it, and here's what he said. That was President Donald J. Trump ripping us a new asshole here on CNN's live presidential town hall. Thank you for watching. Have a good night. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? Yeah, <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. Actually, that does sound like him in the Q feed. Let me see whether I can play it again for you. This is supposedly, I mean, it is. I'm looking at the picture. I don't know whether it's somebody with uh, uh, an Anderson Cooper-style voice um, putting audio over him, but I'll play it for you again. Ripping us a new asshole here on CNN's live presidential town hall. Thank you for watching. Have a good night. Who's <laughs> I got to tell you, friends. I, I, I tend to say it, it was him because everybody has done it. You know, I've been out on location before when I was doing live broadcast and commercials are playing on the air unless somebody did something stupid, which I've been caught with before too, a hot mic. Oh, I forgot to turn it down and they heard everything you said. Gee, thanks. You know, because you have that that momentary thought of just, you know, (laughs) something stupid and you say it because you're going, hey, it's just me and you, buddy, the engineer and me, you know, and all of a sudden it's. You know, out there, 38 states, four foreign countries, and there it was. I, got, I mean, I know there are people out there going, no, no, that couldn't have been Anderson Cooper. No, nah, no, nah, that couldn't have been. So for you people who you're not really sure what you just heard, listen again. That was President Donald J. Trump ripping us a new asshole here on CNN's live presidential town hall. Thank you for watching. Have a good night. Now, I can think of a scenario where I got caught in something like that. But live, I have to but... tell you something. It was the most honest thing they said all night because that's exactly what Donald Trump did the other night. Unfortunately, on a podcast, we can play that cut. Uh, <laughs> when I heard that this morning, I thought, nah, he didn't say that. Not Anderson Cooper. 
Eh, he may have. It was may have been on the back feed before they went live when they were testing their mics or something like that, you know? Um, but oh, a lot of things can happen. I mean, I had it happen to where I was doing a remote from, you know, we were going to do an after party for an Alabama concert because Alabama was there at our expense. And I'm mm-hmm. in a bar, you know. I won't go through the whole story, but long story short, during a commercial break, you know, after I you know did the thing and I said, Alabama is still doing their, uh, their encores and then they're going to be over here and blah, blah, this and blah, blah, that. And, you know, great time. And then that was it. I threw it to commercial and we had, I think, like four and a half minutes worth of commercials to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there at the table and, you know, this encore was going on forever. So I had a stack of beer cans on my table. I'm going, yeah, I'll just stack the cans as I'm sitting here getting wasted before we do anything on the air, <laughs> you know? And, and so, but I didn't know that the guy at the studio, he goes, oh, the commercials are planned. They'll fire off back to back. I'm going to the can. He, he left the he, mic up. He left your mic on. He left the, left feet the open. mic up. Yeah, yeah. I had a drunk come up and ask for directions to the men's room, which I promptly <laughs> gave on a 50,000 watt, 38 states and four foreign countries. And apparently he went to the restroom and then somebody comes running out of the you know, restroom. There's a crazy drunk in there pissing all over everything, the walls and people. We have. And I, we, we, my head fell down and I knocked every beer can on the floor. We all have <laughs> stories like that, Bill. We all have. The only thing is I can't. And I won't say mine on the air. <laughs> oh, I do, because I'm like going, you know, the, I, I'm yes. not ever going to work at that place again. And they've killed that radio station. Maybe that's why we had a 20-something share. <laughs> <laughs> People, I heard this guy say the darndest thing on the air the other day. Yeah, he was giving directions <laughs> to the men's room to a drunk. Imagine that. <laughs> hey, um, Ted Cruz uh, had a, a little fun with a reporter at the border. I got to play this for you. Right. The wrong guy to pick a fight with is Ted Cruz because I don't know whether people are aware of this or not, but he's I think very he, articulate. Well, when he was very at Harvard, when he was at Harvard, I think he was like their number one debater. The yeah, he's like the captain of the debate yeah, team or something. The guy knows how to debate. So this uh, dumb reporter uh, starts giving him a hard time. And this is what happened. Let, 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 me, let me ask you something. Let me ask you something. What rate of illegal immigration did we have in 2020? But you have Do you know anything? I asked you a question. How long have you been in office? Do you know anything? How long have you been in office? I've been in office 11 years yes, now. And this has been okay. the calendar in multiple administrations. Except your... Okay, you don't get to argue with me. You asked your question. You, you asked your question. You don't get... You want to hold a press conference, you can do it over there. You, have you, you want to hold a press conference, you can do it over there. How are you... Senator, so, so hold on. I'm going to answer his question. The talking point of the Democrats, which this media reporter happily parrots, is, gosh, the problem can't be fixed. There's one little problem with that. It is an utter and complete lie. In 2020, the last year of the Trump presidency, we had the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. You ask, what have I done? I've championed the men and women of Border Patrol. I've championed securing the border. I've championed Remain in Mexico. And we turned this problem around and solved it. And we went from Joe Biden inherited the lowest rate of illegal immigration in 45 years. And the first day in office, he made political decisions to cause this problem. And you should be ashamed of yourself because you're a reporter and you're not reporting facts. You're telling lies. Joe Biden made a political decision. Ooh. <laughs> and you know what? Let's say, let's give some uh, credit to Mr. Cruz. Now, number one, he is of Hispanic background. Right. All right. Mm-hmm. Number two, he was on the debates with Trump, and he went after the attack, and he got obliterated by Trump, you know, because 
he decided decided to go down to Trump's level because Trump is very artful in pulling you down to mm-hmm. a level to where you can't win against him, and that's what he wants to do. You know, it's like a sumo wrestler. Get into the ring with me. Come on. Mm-hmm. I, I got you. And, um, but Ted, even though he got obliterated in those and, and pulled out of the, the race for president or the nomination, the simple fact is he said, okay, I'm licking my wounds. I don't maybe personally like this guy, but his policies are working. But actually, gonna... I think he does like uh, yeah, Trump. I think he respects him a lot because. Well, they think they became friends over the four years that uh, uh, Trump was in office. You know, Trump is a very disarming kind of guy. From what I understand, uh, he can rip you a new one like uh, Anderson Cooper just said, but then he'll give you the bandages and he'll uh, he'll make the pain go away. He is one of these guys who who suffered more at the hands of his debates than Marco Rubio. I mean, I, to this day, I still oh, think yeah, of Marco the, the, Rubio. The hands I, joke, yeah. No, little Marco, little Marco, right? Yeah. But but they became friends. Not, I don't know whether they go drinking together or anything like that, but I mean, I think that it goes to your saying a, a little while ago about respect. I think they respect each other. And I think that they worked together on a lot of projects over the course of the four years. And they actually kind of realized, well, yeah, maybe, maybe he's all right. You know, maybe no he's, two he's people legit. are exactly alike. You got to find your common ground. And so there's a lot of common ground. Ted is a very smart guy. I would not go against him. Obviously, he would sit there and hand me my butt in a silver platter or any platter that he decided to put it on, you know, because he's. You know, that. but to think that some stupid little reporter on the border, instead of just asking serious questions, gets into a debate on policy with a U.S. senator, right? A debate on policy. You are a reporter. You're supposed to ask questions like, uh, sir, how do you think we can resolve this issue here? Is it resolvable? Mm-hmm. What do you think the problem is? I mean, questions that he can get good answers for. He got into a confrontational uh, debate with uh, Ted Cruz. And, uh, well, fortunately, Cruz uh, handed him his hat, so to speak. I don't know where this is going, Bill. I, I mean, I, I, I question, um, you know, he, the administration is ignoring court orders. I mean, they, we had a court order from Florida the day before yesterday. A judge said illegals cannot be released in the United States without having a, pro, a court date. They have to mm-hmm. have a court date. But I heard that they're still releasing without the court date. You know, yeah, they are. They're they're ignoring law. They're ignoring the Constitution. They're going to continue to do that. That's going to be obvious with the uh, budget deficit because I don't know that they're going to come to any. It's going to be painful cuts to get things in line to raise the ceiling the little bit they want. They've got to cut big time on the other end, and it's going to hurt everybody. It's got to hurt those politicians too, though. It's got to hurt them and not just the American public. So I don't know that we're going to come to any kind of conclusion. And I'm sitting there going, it might be a good te- uh, thing for us. I, and I say this, you know, very lightly, but it might be a good thing for us to sit there and, you know, hit that point of default to where we come to our, our senses. Because right now, you know, they willy-nilly just, oh, we'll raise the ceiling, no problem, we'll spend away. And if they can't raise the ceiling, 
you know, thanks to Bill Clinton, say, well, you know, if you interpret the Fourth Amendment right, it means that you can ignore, um, you know, ignore the Constitution and uh, everything that's going on around there and just spend anyway and pay your debts with hot checks. I heard that uh, someone said when Title 42 ended, that was the official moment that we became a third world country. Oh, I think we were country. beforehand, really. Yeah, I think officially is the tr- the key word there, though. I think, yeah, we, we were definitely uh, going in that direction. We went from being a proud nation, and, and this is why I know, listen, if you're a social uh, media person out there and you're, you're listening to our podcast, uh, I'm going to say it. I mean, I think that the election was stolen, okay? Now that'll probably you. Tur- you oh, well, you're an election yeah. denier. Yes. You're you're uh, you you've jumped in the rabbit hole again, Jim. I know. You know. I mean, you're a radical conservative. You're a yeah. radical election denier. And I'm Catholic too. Isn't that amazing? Oh, I must be. Oh, oh yeah, I know. It's oh amazing. man, I know. It's amazing. I. I have it all going against me. And I'm a fat guy. But that's another thing for another story. And you're old and white, too. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, my you're God. You're beyond the trifecta. Just take me out and lose me in the woods somewhere. But anyway, um, I, I think that uh, we are, I'm hoping, uh, maybe it's hoping against hope, I, I still kind of think that we are retrievable as a nation, but I don't see how we can go two years more like this. I don't see how we can wait until 2024 for things to get better because I think by by that time we will have more people in this country than you can imagine. Someone made a, uh, a very interesting comment yesterday, inter- interesting post, that um, Ellis Island, you've heard of Ellis Island, turn of the 20th mm-hmm. century, it was the location where so many people were brought into our country in all of its years of operation they only handled 16 million people 16 million people that's a lot of people but yeah, not but, like what's going through the border right now well president and, trump says we're going to have this year at least 15 16 17 million people coming across our southern border that means that by 2024 we're talking about over 30 million people in our country. By the way, where do they sleep? Where do they sleep? Where do they eat? Do they have housing for these people? Hell no. Where, where are they going to go? Do you know, I, I was reading... We talked where, about it yesterday. A bunch of veterans who were staying, they were homeless veterans who were staying at a hotel in upstate New York. Well... The, the hotel was offered more money from the federal government to house illegals, and they kicked the homeless veterans out of the hotel. Well, that's not the first time that's ever happened. You know, the, the people that have fought for our country and your freedoms, they get, you know, defecated on and whatever else you want to say done to them all the time. And then you sit there and you see these guys, they are defeated as a person. And usually they're in their body is not in good shape, ill health. Their teeth rot and fall out. And, you know, they're living off the crumbs that we leave on the ground. Because uh, we're a wasteful society. Literally. Yeah, yes. literally. Yeah. And they're, they're abandoned all hope. And then you wonder why they, they, they fall to drugs or fall back to drugs. Because or suicide. of the Vietnam era. Or suicide. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and uh, you wonder why all this happens or alcoholism. Hey, buddy, can you spare a dollar? And then they're in the liquor store because they need something. A prime example is I knew a gentleman, nice guy, 
but unfortunately he was raped by an uncle when he was a kid and he couldn't get that out of his mind, which I understand that I haven't gone through that, but I understand that. And so to wash away the shame and the pain, he became at a young age and he's, you know, in his late seventies now, he became an alcoholic. He cannot sit there and go through the day without numbing the memory and the anguish of what happened in his mind. Think about how these guys are being treated and how they're being discarded, you know, all through life. You, you know, know, can perfect- you imagine, Bill, can you imagine a country where instead of sending $150 billion to the Ukraine, uh, instead of paying all of the billions of dollars we're going to pay at the southern border to to give phones and and housing and food to these strangers that are just walking across the border. Can you imagine if we took that money and we invested in our veterans? I mean, seriously, folks, you know, if you are an amputee veteran, we I look at uh, wounded warriors, I look at uh, all of these other uh, different uh, tunnels to towers, I look at these things and I think, God, they're, they're doing a great job. They're building homes for these uh, these terribly wounded uh, veterans. And then I think, wait, why doesn't our country do that? Why doesn't well, you know, the United States of America do that? If you lost your arms or legs in battle, uh, why don't they automatically say, look, you're going to have a place to stay, you and your family, for the rest of your life. We can afford that. We can afford well, I've that. I've always said anybody that served, legitimately served, they should get their housing and that for free. Yeah, you put a limit on it, but let's say you get 50000 or a hundred or 150000 for a home because you served, you put your life on the line, you know, for a politician. That's really what we're doing. We're, you know, when you serve, you're putting your line, your life on the line for a political game. And there's a chance when you enlist or they draft you, and you get on a plane in San Francisco and get off in some land yeah. somewhere that you may not be coming back because where you're seated in that plane down in the cargo bay is a body bag with your name and number on it, just in case. You should never have to worry about uh, if you come back with any kind of serious wound, mental or physical, our country being the rich country that it is. Instead of giving the billions to the Ukraine, if we put that money into our veterans, uh, we wouldn't have all the suicides. We wouldn't have these. It's happening at a record pace right now as we speak. Uh, you know, teens are the number one for suicide because they they can't they can't keep up with or comprehend what they're being taught in school. They can't comprehend what's going on around them and what we are leaving them to go into i have two granddaughters uh, two granddaughters my grandson will hit me now that i said that i have two grandchildren uh, a granddaughter and a grandson both of them now one is 18 one is almost 19 it and scares the hell out of the them other's 21 what but what they they tell me is that grandpa you'll never know what damage was done with the pandemic to us and, and people in our age group because we were forced all of a sudden to work from home in isolation, uh, things that we took for granted, other other things like proms and graduations, they didn't have it. They didn't oh, have yeah. those things. They were, they were isolated from their friends. 
it did an incredible damage to our society. And guys like this guy Fauci down in, in Washington, mm-hmm. he, this guy, he didn't help out our country. He can walk around and puff his, his little chest out like, like he's a, a Napoleon. But the fact of the matter is, much of what he did damaged, seriously damaged an entire generation. Yeah, they're resilient. They're kids. And thank God many of them mature and grow up and they can handle it. But some can't. Oh, yeah. And then suicide. That's why they're number one in suicide right yep. now, that generation. And, you know, the class of 2020, they got screwed royalty. royalty. They sure did. And they, they, they didn't have graduation parties. They had nothing. As a matter of fact, yep. their senior year when, you know, the, the world is their oyster. Ah, sorry, the clamshell is closed today. My, my, and, uh, my, my, beautiful, my beautiful granddaughter, I don't think she had a prom. She and no. she, you know something as simple as a prom, and you may say, "What does that mean?" It's a rite of passage in society, in our society. High school proms are a big deal. Hell, I didn't want to go to mine, but I went because it was a rite of passage. And you know, I, what the heck? You know, you got to go to the prom because. But it should be your choice whether you go or not. It doesn't mean that you have to go, but it is a rite of passage. Well, is a when choice she, you have when she graduated. They had to graduate in a football field, and every yeah. and they put because because schools are woke, right? They really are woke. Uh, every kid sat in a little circle, just you know, like like it was like a Biden rally. Okay, every kid sat in a little circle with their masks on in the middle of a football field. The odds of them needing the mask in the football field, even back then, was slim to none. They say that a mask is about as effective as throwing sand through a chain link fence. Okay, I, I, my doctor said, well, yeah, for the most part, you're right, with the exception maybe if it'll it'll keep you from if you sneeze, it'll keep the moisture in the mask, which is very true. And I have a very good doctor because I think he listens to our program, Bill. But that's another thing for another time. Well, well, yeah, He's a man, hey. of, a man of great taste. Um, yes, he is. But by the way, uh, speaking of COVID and everything, the World Health Organization, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the COVID threat is over. We, you know, you, you don't even have to go to your doctor's appointment anymore or the hospital uh-huh. to get, uh, you know, a procedure done and uh, wear a mask, uh, which is a good thing. And now they say they've lifted, the World Health Organization has lifted the monkeypox emergency. But Thank they goodness. Are, oh, I was worried about that. Oh, geez. They are sounding the alarm. For what? Uh, well, apparently there is a deadly, contagious, extremely contagious epidemic of Ringworms that you can get. You know, it's funny. Now, I was going to say and wor- drugs don't work on. I, I was going to so say worm it. disease. Oh. Just I was going to I was going to throw a line out. I know worm disease as a joke, and you came out with ringworm. <laughs> it's really yeah. Look it up. Ringworms are now a threat to your existence. I mean, you, know, you can't make this stuff up. Hey, before know, we leave the, today, the, I think I'd play a. I I got a a, a recent cut from uh, that uh, that. Funny guy, that guy, laugh a minute guy, Klaus Schwab, who oh, is the yeah. uh, who is the head of the World Economic Forum, and he's talking about uh, a collaboration that they've have now. He's bragging about a collaboration with the World Economic Forum and Interpol. Huh? Hello, questions to Mr. Schwab. I think the metaverse is a great tool to reinvent the way we work. But in general, my question is, in the moment, we see a quite a big decline in trust in political institutions and also in their representatives worldwide. And a meeting here in Davos, at what extent do you think this can strengthen 
to trust, build this trust again. I, I would refer afterwards uh, also to Brad Smith. I think what is essential is to make sure that um, the system as such, uh, the technology, uh, can be trusted. And um, um, one of the, on one of the village partners, for example, is Interpol. So we work together already um, with the necessary instances to make sure that the system is as safe as it can, as it can be. Oh yeah, I, you know I hear his voice, yeah. and, and I don't. Did you ever see the movie Doctor Strange Love? Yes, I have. Oh, do you remember, I, remember the I scene? Why... Remember the scene in, in Doctor Strange Love where Peter Sellers, he's talking, and all of a sudden his his arm goes into a zig aisle, yeah. and he he has to slap it down. I see, I see Klaus Schwab doing that while he is talking. <laughs> you do, you do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I think. Um, oh, what's his name? Uh, uh, he's a, a funny guy, does a lot of funny movies. He did one where he had a, a German guy do the same thing with the, the arm and the mm -hmm. leg. Uh, Steve Martin? No, no. No, 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 no. Uh, Brooks. Uh, Mel Brooks. All, oh, Mel you're, Brooks, yeah. you're talking, ah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, was that young Frankenstein? Yeah, he's oh, in yeah, Frankenstein. Yeah, yeah. Ah, yeah. And, and all of these, you know, it's, it's the total cliche. And you, I got to wonder, you know, how many uh -huh. years has it been since World War II? And that, you know, he was not a Nazi. Yeah, really? Yeah. Um, Why do you keep the voice? You know, I'm sorry. Well, I mean, but, um, he's, he's 84 years old or 85 years old. Uh, so if World War II, he would have been just a kid. So I'm mm -hmm. thinking that maybe he was uh, the son of... Uh, the son of somebody who was very high up in the party. <laughs> well, he works uh, for the party. He did spying, you know. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm talking about Klaus Schwab. I'm not talking about. Oh yeah, okay. Not I'm talking about George Soros. Soros yes. yeah. But we Schwab, to, yeah, he was probably. You have to get our Nazis uh, right. <laughs> well, I don't. You know, I'm sorry, but I might be of German descent, but I don't keep up with Nazis. That's good. <laughs> uh, I never have. You know. Yes. I well, hey, accuse, but I never have. No, I, 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 I think that uh, I think when you hear him talking about uh, a collaboration between the World Economic Forum and Interpol, see what he was saying there, and it was hard to hear some of the audio, uh, is that. Uh, the guy was asking the question about, you know, a lot of people don't trust the, the metaverse, they called it. The metaverse meaning uh, technology and, and their use of technology. And so Klaus said, well, you have to have trust in the universe by having the uh, uh, collaboration with Interpol. A collaboration with Interpol. What he's saying is that you can trust us because we are tied at the hip with international police but what do we know about the international police force you know what do we know about interpol uh well, i'm just saying maybe they're you just know? modern day gestapo <laughs> i like how you say that you say gestapo with with flair i, I like that that's, that's very good i'm stuck now with this german accent i can't stop saying no anyway um look it we've we've had fun uh it has been our Update program, weekend update program. A lot of things going on. Pay attention to the border over the weekend. Uh, mm. God knows. There are people, by the way, they're not talking about this, but there are people who are dying at the border. A young child just died yesterday at the border. I don't know how it happened, but 
they're not reporting it because the media is compl- is working hand in hand with the Biden administration to uh, keep the bad part of the news out of the uh, news. Well, it's what that they decide to, uh, you know, let us know that's bad. I mean, the loss of life by gun violence is a bad thing. But if it's staged violence, which I still question a lot of the shootings and the minuscule number of the people that have died, and I'm not, you know, saying that, uh, you know, the the people that died uh, are not important. They are. But when you're talking numbers here, because they, they bring it down to the numbers game, how many people have died at the border? How many people have died from abortion? But yet, you know, when we're, we're talking about our constitutional rights to, you know, own, you know, own arms, and it's, it's the people's militia, you know, you can keep it for your own personal defense. You can use them for hunting. And, yes, protect yourself from a, a, a government turned corrupt. I would say that in our history there probably has never been more of an appropriate time to have some kind, of, gun. Some kind of protection because uh, things could get very hairy. Uh, at any time. I'm just saying it's good to have one uh, because you may need it. Uh, maybe maybe the Civil War was a good time to have one, too, because that those were battles that were raging up and down the East Coast. They could have been in your backyard. Just ask the people at Gettysburg. But um, you you mentioned it's about time to wrap it up here. By the mm-hmm. way, by the way, you can contact us at 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. Mail at itsanotherday.com. There's also uh, mail at crnamerica.com. That's if you don't want to sit there and, you know, do one download after another. You can just go to the stream and listen to the uh, six, uh, the current and uh, other five previous shows. And if there's anybody else that's got a podcast, you know, that would like to be on the stream, because we need some diversity, uh, more than happy to let you on it. But you have to sit there and, you know, let us know that uh, you're interested and, Send us some samples of the show so that we don't put something uh, crazy on. You mentioned young, than us. You mentioned young Frankenstein, young yes. Frankenstein, right? The Mel Brooks movie. I think yeah. we should leave with a, a little entertainment and a smile on our face because it's been a week where it's been hard to smile, if you know what I mean. So, yes, uh, my friend, I bid you adieu for the weekend, and I leave you with this. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? (coughs) Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes or cutaway coat, perfect fits. (coughs) Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. Come, let's mix where Rockefellers walk with sticks or rumbarellas in their midst. If you're blue and you don't know where to go to, why don't you go where fashion sits? Different types who wear a day coat, pants with stripes, or cutaway coat, perfect fits. Dressed up like a million dollar trooper. Trying mighty hard to look like Gary Cooper. 
picnics where Rockefellers walk with sticks or rumbarellas in their midst.